0: All right, welcome back to Game Over. My name is Zach Wheel. I'm joined by my friend Dennis Lee. And on a night where I feel like I have about as much energy as the Oilers had tonight, um, we are here to break down the game anyways. Um, Yeah, tonight I thought, at least, you know, it was was a tough game tonight. It was a really tough game to to watch tonight. On a night that Connor McDavid... It's really sad that on a night that Connor McDavid played... Uh, the most entertaining thing that I saw was the Katy Perry skip the dishes commercial. So uh, it's really tough, but, you know, besides that, besides we're not here to break down commercials, uh, we're going to break down the 11 and 7 decision, what is going on with the lack of the Oilers sharpness, what is wrong with Leon Drysidel? Because this is three, complete, even though he has six points, completely uncharacteristic games. And, you know, are you concerned with where the Oilers are at right now? And going forward, where, where's, you at? Where's, you, where's your level of belief at in the team? Um, but before we get all into all that, uh, I have a message from our friends at Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Football continues. The World Series is around the corner, and they have dropped the puck on the hockey season. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians, by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now to see all that sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Ontario only, 19+. Please play responsibly. All right, now that we have that out of the way, Where do you want to get? Well, Zach,
1: I I think it's it's clear. Once again, Edmonton doesn't play a whole sixty minutes. We have some great input from the chat. It's very annoying. Stone one brings up a great point. The last five minutes was amazing. If we played the last sixty minutes like that last five minutes, it would have been an easy Oilers victory the russell in front of the net was one of the better goals i've seen from an, uh, anyone out of a oilers uni, uniform this year uh, a hard greedy type of goal that it's not going to make the highlight reel we'll talk about another goal that did later on but that's the type of goal you need to win games and earlier on in the in the first period second period it didn't seem like the oilers wanted to play that type of game what they did do was come in too little too late and now we're stuck with uh one to two score on the season
0: well what i think it is uh something that you brought up on the last broadcast and i thought it was actually a great point because it's something the others have done for a long time now um they play down to their competition and even though they came in completely struggling in the first two games you know regardless of the outcome in the first one they show up and they're trying to play way too pretty. They're making way too many passes across the ice. And if I, as a viewer, a layman on the couch can see what you're trying to do, then all Obviously, these NHL players, these guys that have played hockey their entire lives, and the Sabres are a good team, like, make no mistake about it. They are going to be able to see what you're doing and they're going to be able to put their sticks in the lane and stop it. And that's exactly what happened through the entire first period. It was the same story as it was against Calgary. There were no passes that were connecting, there was sloppy play up and down the ice, the defensive zone, the offensive zone, you name it it was atrocious. It was garbage hockey. I frankly don't expect this from this team. And I know we're only three games into the season, but it's not an excuse anymore. I don't know why they start games like this. And, and, and the thing is tonight, it wasn't even that bad of a start in the first period. I think they finished the first period out shooting the Sabres 15 to six, but it wasn't a dominant 15 to six. What are your thoughts?
1: here's here's what I want to bring up and you you bring up a good point it was a better start than the last two games for sure. I think uh, Steve Mennett in the chat also echoed that as well. They came out decent but the issue is when the Oilers were playing poorly it was a, a duality of a first period. you would have these fantastic rushes you would have these fantastic plays but on the other hand you would have horrible giveaways right down the center of the ice, leading to partial breaks, full breaks. Um, I mean, agreed, we had a better start. 15-7 is obviously better. Uh, Going into the second period tied 1-1 is better. But against a Buffalo team with mostly rookie skaters and a couple of veterans, you really expect the Oilers to come out and dominate the competition, not just play decent
0: these are games the oilers if they are going to achieve what we all believe they are capable of achieving these are games they absolutely cannot blow like these are you cannot blow this you have to win these games it is indefensible when you play this bad. like you have the two of the three indisputed best players in the world and to watch one of them and i love him and i and he like he can do almost no wrong but like at some point, someone's got to say, what is wrong with Leon Drysaddle? It makes no sense. And he had some mistakes more in the second period that we'll get into in a bit. But if you look at this, the first period, what I think is a good like summation of the events and everything is there was a play where uh, the, the Oilers are breaking in and Evan Bouchard had an odd man rush. And he to- like, toe-dragged a defender and he was going in primely to shoot. He has probably the best shot on the team or at least the hardest shot on the team, uh, if not one of the most accurate shots on the team. And he's maybe 10, 15 feet up from the net. And what does he do? He passes off to the side. I can't remember if it was Warren Vogel or Connor McDavid, who gets just a garbage shot from a horrible angle. It's not going to do anything. Carmy's not going to make any mistake on that. And the play goes the other way. So yeah, you outshot the team 15 to six. They, I I couldn't tell you maybe one grade A chance. I mean, I, I will say Evander Kane had a ton of grade A chances he's we're getting to a point the
1: whole team was snake bitten today on offense you know we had so many chances you bring up a great point about uh Kane, but first I wanted to touch upon hall or not Holloway sorry I wanted to touch upon Bouchard mm-hmm. you're right there was that partial rush he had a great clear shooting lane with a from a guy who has a great shot but Bouchard looked him looked past and and went and dished it back. I think it it was amazing how Bouchard, is able to fit pucks through three, four guys and just get it on net. But when he has a clear look like that, I, I think he doesn't have to look for the fancy play. Go ahead and take a shot. I, I wanted to say in, in, even in my notes, I wrote that, you know, he had some confidence going into this game. He was shooting pucks. He had uh, confidence ripping one right off the faceoff dot on the very next shift. But then he dishes off. Sometimes he goes ahead and makes these odd plays where he defers. Mm -hmm. And we're now looking at just a team that maybe doesn't have their mojo, doesn't have their confidence with them. The entire defensive core, the entire offensive core, this entire game just, just showed a lack of mojo.
0: I just, you just don't know where it's coming from though, because this should be on paper. And from everything we've seen in the past, like they are not different. There's not, you know, it's not like Calgary where they're trying to fit in two new top six players. They, they've been together. uh, Most of these guys besides Kane have been together for years now. Like there is, should be that inherent chemistry there. And it's just something we're not seeing now. I don't know. We can we can get into this because this obviously had an impact on the game. Woodcroft made the decision tonight to go eleven and seven, and I I thought going into the game that you know what I I said on the last broadcast you know I thought it would be Philip Broberg I was wrong you were right it was Nemo Linen whatever point for Dennis, um, but I will say I thought it was a good I thought it was a good decision because the, the I thought the Oilers were. Sh- and I would never thought I would say this, but clearly they're they're missing what Duncan Keith had last year. They had someone who they could play twenty minutes a night. Yeah, he'd get blown by on an odd man rush. Yeah, he wasn't the best. The defender. old man legs. Exactly. He was a slow skater, but he for the most part was steady. You knew exactly what you were going to get from Duncan Keith. And this year, there's been a noticeable gap on the left on the left side on the second pairing. I know Kulak has was brought in. He's supposed to step up into that role. Through through three games he hasn't so I thought or through two games he hasn't so I thought going eleven and seven would be a really good idea, and because because the ability for Woodcroft to be he's he's able to take those seven defensemen he's able to spread out their minutes and he's able to you know make up for that what they're missing through you know us just distributing the minutes by committee right and, and I, well here sorry
1: I think there would there would be truth to that going through by committee, I think eleven and seven has worked before for Woodcroft in the past. Mm-hmm. But looking at this game, I thought Nemo Leennon didn't actually play very well. he He came in. Everyone expected the big hits, the physicality. And Nimalainen didn't really bring that. He got burned on one goal, I believe. And in the end, uh, he played sub ten minutes. Well, well, sub, I believe maybe around like eight minutes through two
0: periods of play. Marcus Nimalainen was on the ice for three minutes and forty seconds. And I'm sorry, I don't like at some point it doesn't matter how bad you're playing. You're, you you ha- you Holloway. We can talk about Marcus Nimalainen didn't bring the hit, but um. Who was it on Buffalo that's? Oh, it was uh, Ilya Labushkin. Smoked <sighs> Dylan Holloway, takes him out of the lineup. All of a sudden, you're 10 and seven now.
1: And I, I want to quickly jump on that point because mm-hmm. a, a lot of people saw that play. A lot of people saw Fogel come in and defend the rookie. You know, you, you want to protect your rookies. But this is one of the things that really irks me. Fogel knew he actually fucked up on that play. Mm-hmm. There was a. a well, trigger warning for this word, there was a suicide pass from Fogle from the goal line and Holloway's looking down backwards to trying to find where this pass is going to come from. And that just lets Labushkin walk right into a clean hit. But from Fogle, you, you got to know that this is a rookie. Do you want to be throwing these passes out there like that? Yeah. Uh, I think other than that play, Fogle actually played pretty well this game. I I saw that he was physical. He had some hustle. He had two shots on the night, but at the same time, it's just too little too late for the rest of the team. I I feel like this is a game where the Oilers big guns who are all supposed to show up just didn't and you you mentioned dry Seidel. I have a working theory that I sort of mentioned on the last podcast that Maybe there's some sort of a bug, nothing nothing that takes a player out of it, but just a, a minor flu or cold that's pass, being passed around the room. Mm-hmm. And that allows the players just to not play to their full potential, not that we usually get to see them at.
0: I mean, I hope it's something because Drysaddle is, it's so uncharacteristic of Leon Drysaddle. He was voted one of the best passers in the NHL by his fellow players, right? And to see in the second period, both goals, Tage Thompson strips Drysaddle, goes the other way, makes a, you, you, we can argue if it was a weak defensive play by Nurse or a bad goal by Skinner, you know, have your pick. But, O- overall, Drysaddle made a bad play on that ga- at, that goal. And then you look at the next goal where J.J. Paterka gets a giveaway. Drysaddle going to pass you know 80 or 100 feet across the ice to Yamamoto. It's obviously going to get picked off. And J.J. Paterka goes the other way and gets a breakaway goal on Skinner. And I know I saw someone in the chat say, was, uh, I think it was Barbara Hopkins, say another sub-900 goaltending night. I-, I mean, I was looking at the goals besides... The first goal by Dahlin, even though it was a four-on-three power play, I there might have been a fly-by-screen, although it was a shot, you know, 25, 30 feet out. I, you would like to see Skinner make that save. Again, not the end of the world just because of the situation. I don't think it was Skinner's fault. I just noticed with the defense, there's just something about, like, the, the overall physicality, and I noticed that was a theme in the press conferences coming into the game. They're talking about playing physical, playing harder, playing tougher. And when they got into the game, you saw that. We saw four minutes in, they come out, Kaneo you know, goes really hard on the four check, and then all of a sudden Brett Kulak and um again, I can't I, I think it was Peyton Krebs. No, Peyton Krebs gets a roughing penalty, and Brett Kulak gets the double minor uh with one of the Sabres forwards. And and uh, and they were coming out to try to play tougher, and in the end, it just didn't work. They're trying to get themselves in the game, but they weren't doing what I think the Oilers—they weren't playing to their identity. They weren't playing to their strengths. They were trying to go outside of what they are, and it it, it bit them in the
1: ass. I absolutely agree. I think out of the three or well, three goals that Skinner had to go past him tonight. I think only the first one would be one that he really wants to have back. Mm-hmm. The the second goal by Tage Thompson, I, that's a filthy goal. I can recognize when other teams have very nice goals, and I, it. It it brought back memories of Connor McDavid walking Morgan Riley, and how how many times have we seen that highlight? How many times it's going to be played on Sportsnet right after this? I mean, it's a bad look for Nurse. Who I, yeah, I will say
0: for any other player, frequently
1: gets mm-hmm. flack for his contract. But Sorry, uh, I was going to say
0: for any other player the goal is it's not even talked about as a bad goal, but because it's the $9.25 million man on defense there, you know, he's six, four, he's supposed to be their big, tough physical guy. And you have to give credit to Thompson. It was a fantastic move. And Thompson himself is a giant human, right? So it, it like, we can't just blame it all on Nurse. Yeah, you'd like him to be stronger. And I saw they are pointing this out on the broadcast. Like, he should have blocked out Thompson, whatever. And Thompson ended up getting inside. And his giant reach went right around Skinner. It just, it was unfortunate. But you can't. Like, those aren't the problems. Even if those goals all go in, the Oilers, if they came in and played their game, should have won this game, no problem. If they came with that urgency that they showed in the last 10 minutes of the third period, this game wouldn't have even been in a contest. If They showed that throughout the entire entire game. But they didn't. They showed up flat. It was such a disappointment. I think the first period was kind it was a little bit phony. Like, I feel like that's a good word for the start, you know? It looks good on paper, but if you watch the game, besides Evander Kane flubbing a a few a few chances, there was not much really there whatsoever. And and I saw people talking about this in the chat earlier, and I know we, we also touched on it, but I think we should just give our opinions. What did you think of the hit on Dylan Holloway? Was it dirty? Was it clean? Is it a suspension?
1: I think it's a clean hit. I mean, the dangerous part of the situation was not necessarily the hit. There's some debate as to whether he left his feet or not, but I think the biggest part that that caused it to be such a gigantic hit was the fact that Fogel gave him a pass that came from behind from behind Holloway causing him to need to turn his head therefore putting him in a vulnerable position when you see something coming when you see a body coming to impact you you can brace yourself you can prepare yourself but when you're limp you're not expecting it you're just trying to focus on a task every sort of impact will hit twice as hard. And I really hope that Holloway is okay. okay. Um, I don't know if it was a, the snap of the head. I don't know if it's a concussion protocol thing, but he was gone for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And you're right. When you're playing 11-7, suddenly you're down an extra forward. That makes it extra rough.
0: I wouldn't be shocked at all if he had a concussion, and it's something we saw from Ilya Labushkin last year when he was on the Leafs. You know, he 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 has a tendency to stand people up the blue line and lay giant hits. I did, I did, even though I I'm on Louis' side, I'm a little old school like that. I did, I did not mind the response from Fogel. I did think it was a bad pass in the first part, so he probably did feel a little bit of guilt, like you were saying. Uh, the, the problem with that hit is Holloway was skating forward. He was looking back. He was in that like hunched-over stance, and Labushkin is, again, another one of those giant humans on the Buffalo D-line. So he made contact with the head, but to me, even as one of the most biased Oilers fans... It's incidental contact. Maybe a fine I could see just, you know, to appease the masses. But no matter what happens, people are going to be mad. If he gets suspended, he's mad. If he gets not, if he doesn't get suspended, people are mad, right? And um, overall, like, I don't think that even played... And, and uh, actually, you know what? Full credit to Dylan Holloway. There was a shift earlier in the first, I will say you could sort of see the confidence slowly coming he was on the ice with mcleod and fogel he was holding onto the puck for an extra second he made a good play in the offensive zone i think he had two shifts back to back and i was said and i noted them i said okay that's really good to see you could tell there are nerves coming in there's a lot he's playing his home province he wants to make a good impression uh he knows that there, there is a lot of pressure on him to succeed because the others are so cap strapped and it's not like they're bringing in another forward he, he knows the role that he needs to fill and I think he was slowly going in. It was a little slower than I think we all anticipated watching him in the preseason. So it's just such a shame to see him knocked out like that. And I do hope, truly hope he's okay. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was just such a such a rough period. Unfortunately, that was where it all fell apart, right?
1: Right. Question by KG Slosh in the chat. How did Comrie look? I think Eric Comrie in his first game in his hometown Looked amazing. Uh, it was an absolutely lights out performance by him. Um, nine five eight save percentage, and it's it's always strange, right? You expect someone who's coming to play at home to maybe have the nerves. He's obviously in his home, but at the same time, an enemy barn. It's this weird mix. His family is watching, but he stepped up, and boy, did he just absolutely shut the door! I mean that that second goal where it was an absolute war in front of the nets not really his fault the first goal well yeah maybe but that was an off of off of a rush and you know i think that he played an outstanding game tonight
0: maybe what do you think zach maybe i'm biased but i thought Carmi looked good but again i thought it was the oilers making him look good there, there were so many chances there were so many wide shots like you saw mcdavid come close he he hits Comrie square in the chest it falls the rebound falls down and he mcdavid shoots it wide that's so uncharacteristic for Connor mcdavid there are so many instances where especially again i'm going to go back to that that last 10 minutes in the third period when the oilers just realized oh if we shoot we get chances and they just start putting everything on net and you saw Comrie just start letting rebound out after rebound and rebound and rebound and frankly i do think he would they were lucky uh for to to come out with the w there like the oilers easily could have scored an, uh, another goal on him there was rebounds galore there was a chance and it's the same thing as bouchard the K9, he was coming down the wing he had a full line to the net where he should have pulled shot it and he tries to hit mcdavid backdoor i think that's one of the problems that a lot of these players have who are relatively you know newer they come in and there's always that like Younger player like Dylan Holloway, I understand when he defers to the veteran line mates. But a lot of players who are veterans in the NHL, they come in and they're playing with Connor and they get overwhelmed by his greatness and everything. And they try and hit him. And they try and pass to him when he's not in a position to receive a pass because they think there's a better play, he can make a better play. And well, that's the case, you know. Frankly, they're being honest. It's the case probably, you know, 40, 50% of the time. There's a time and a place. You got to shoot the puck. And Kane didn't do that. You saw he missed a couple great A's. He probably lost his amount of confidence. And then he started deferring to Connor. And that also cost him the game. Again, I'm going to say this till I die. Until the Oilers start winning games, the these teams are not beating the Oilers. The Oilers are beating the Oilers. It's all. Self-inflicted. As Peter Shirelli used to say, death by a thousand cuts. You know, that's that's what it is.
1: One point of contention uh, with Steve Mennett in the chat, no one in front of the net, no screens. He saw every shot. I think the Oilers actually ended up going for a bit more of a net front's presence uh, towards the later half of the game. The problem is there was just no finish tonight. And you saw the amount of times that a rebound came out. Kane couldn't bury it. Uh, McDavid couldn't bury rebounds. I think Fogle, McLeod, Yammo, Drysaddle. Everyone had opportunities in front of the net, and it just would not go in. It's a little bit of puck luck. I know that's a horrible excuse, but honestly, I just felt that every offensive player was snake bitten tonight. Even the, the goals that went in, one was off of a transition game or once was off of the transition game, which Buffalo then shut down pretty heavy handedly. And the second one was off of an absolute scrum where McDavid, with just an absolutely amazing set of hands, does that little backhand pass over to Nuge. And that was just a yawning cage. Again, those aren't goals that, well, maybe the first one was, but the second one's not a goal that Comrie's supposed to get. So I think give him credit where credit's due. Eric Comrie played a very good game.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's a fair point. I think he did. It's just tough seeing someone like Eric Comrie come in and do this to others. Because again, and I said this earlier, when you have the best players in the world, getting goalied isn't an excuse. If we were the New Jersey Devils, yeah, you know what? You got beat by a good goalie, you know, full we'll tip your cap, you move on to the next game. But where the Oilers want to be and where they should be going, it is Full, so unacceptable to get goalied by Eric Comrie, and I saw someone saying, "Put respect on Comrie's name." I'm sorry, I just can't do that. He was Winnipeg's backup goalie last year. Uh, frankly, he plays for Buffalo. Like, oh, and again, Buffalo. Full respect. They, they. I don't think anyone outside of Buffalo expects them to be a playoff team. They are a very good team. Lines, lines one through four, they have people who can score. They have the makings to be probably in you know two to three is one of the best defenses in the NHL. But right now they're just not there. This is a team the Oilers should have dismantled and it didn't happen. And
1: I'm pissed. Zach, exactly. there's a reason why Buffalo is an NHL team and not an AHL team, mm-hmm. no matter how many young players that you think are on here that belong in the AHL, they are playing in the NHL and they beat the Oilers tonight. Honestly, you can say tons of things you can give any number of reasons, but I think that we have to acknowledge there is two parties here. Mm -hmm. Buffalo played well, and Edmonton just did not. Uh, I wanted to point out uh, one quick piece here we had a decent amount of power plays but barry t- captain all of them what do you think about bouchard when is he going to get time on pp1
0: it's got to be coming and, and muffs in the chat says why does i've four lefties on pp1 now i don't even think the four lefties is the issue they've been together for years and for, i think two of the last three years they were the top power play in the nhl by like a considerable margin too not just by like 0.2 percent they the four lefties, like, where are you going to take off McDavid? Like, the the four lefties are fine. It's the defenseman. and honestly, for a long time, the Oilers ran five lefties on the power play with Clefbaum at the top, and it was it was an awesome power play. Tyson Berry has hit the edge of Niagara Falls, and he has started to fall off. I know he was bad last year, and I know he's been the whipping boy for a bit, but watching him try and hold the blue line, watching break, like, but what Buffalo have six breakaways this game? Like, that's unacceptable how Partial is that keep and happening breaks it, but i i don't care two on one there shouldn't buffalo should not be getting that many odd man rushes the oilers are one of the best um skating teams in the nhl you know obviously colorado's the cream of the crop but i put the oilers right in that next tier. and to watch their defensemen just get caught flat-footed in the zone up the ice like what are you doing don't, stop focusing on offense and i saw ryan murray didn't do it as much today I still saw him. I'll admit the guy has some nice hands better than I thought coming in. But it unacceptable. Tyson Berry should not be there. He can't hold the zone. There's shorthanded chances galore when he's on the ice. Bouchard needs to be there. Bouchard needs he is so good. If I think if he just realized how good he was and had that confidence, because you can I'm com- I am confident that he has a lack of confidence. Because you see the at the end of the game when he just says Fuck it, I'm shooting. And you saw the chaos that ensued when he unleashed that 92-mile-per-hour shot on Eric Calming. No one knows where the puck is. The Oilers are jamming away, and that's one that didn't go in, but so easily could have. Two or three more of those a game, Bouchard's going to score 20 goals, and he'll probably, you know, get 20, 20 assists just on rebounds that people tap in. I did say see in the chat that Travis Slotner said pool party with a decent game. Love seeing himself up, and I actually noted that. I thought this was Jesse Pulley best game of the season.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought,
0: and again, when the best pl- the players that I write down as bright spots aren't, I okay. Connor played good. Connor played. Connor was Connor. Forget about Connor. But when I write down Jesse and Yamamoto as two of my like bright parts in the game. That's Semi-Fogel,
1: me. minus one pass?
0: I I, I, had Fogel da- I had Fogel down here, too. I just, you know, you ta- kind of talked me out of it with that whole hallway <laughs> play. But in the first period, I will say I noted that Yamamoto and Fogel bring a different dimension of depth. Yam- Fogel's essentially Zach Hyman late. His his play in the offensive zone when he when he gets that four check if he just had a little more finish and a little more drive to the net he i he could easily you know put in tap in 20 goals 10 assists like he could be a really effective bottom six player but it's just it's just it's just a little bit more what do you what do you got to say about it dennis
1: just in the chat we have a little bit of a of a pity party here mm-hmm. uh awesome matthews oilers you know what toronto the oilers Every Canadian team so far has had an awful start to the season with one exception who shall not be named, but every other Canadian team is just having an absolutely brutal start. And who is it? A, is it a Batman curse? Who knows? Like this is in the end, the beginning of the season. We expect all of our teams to pick up a little bit. We don't expect to be losing to Buffalo, Arizona, but In the, in the meantime, it seems like we just have this awful curse right now for all the Canadian teams. What do you think about that? Listen,
0: I would put this game in the exact same boat as Toronto's game against Buffalo. It wasn't as heartbreaking. Both teams equally deserve to lose. Like the Oilers played just as bad as Leafs. I watched the game. They had those long stretches of pressure, but nothing came of it. Very similar, very comparable like you i fully agree i was and this was going to be my next question how do you feel going forward are you worried are you standing at the edge of the cliff where 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 are your feelings at because for me for me i am definitely closer to the edge of the cliff than i thought it's so easy at the beginning of this we saw it last year just as easily as you can build a lead that can give you a buffer for the rest of the season you could fall behind and be out of the playoffs by november it doesn't matter who's on your team because there's so much parity in the nhl and frankly, I I am getting a bit worried. There are some very concerning trends here, and we talked about a lot of them. But where 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 is your head at?
1: I I would lie if I would say I'm not worried at all. But this is the beginning of a a very early season, and honestly, the players we know can play better. We know that this is not what Woodcroft excels at. Woodcroft is. Uh, he piloted the team to one of the best records in the NHL. Once he took over, I think there's just an adjustment period here. There's nothing to worry about. If things proceed past ten, the first 10 games, then absolutely. Ken Holland needs to do something. But at the current timeline, I think we can hold off no need for a blockbuster trade wait for trade deadline. If so, uh, obviously I think the decor is still the weakest part of the team, Agreed. but our forwards are underproducing i feel like i still have faith in campbell mm-hmm. skinner you soup do. and stew i th- i feel like can play a lot better but in the meantime we've just had this weird start and i expect to regress back to a mean back into a little bit more of a winning stance for the oilers
0: there was a game last season early on in jay woodcroft's tenure where the oilers i can't remember who they were playing but they lost the game and after the game in his post game prep- press conference woodcroft said I was not at my best tonight. He took full responsibility for for the he took responsibility for the loss. He said he didn't like the way he was sending players on the ice, and there was a number of things he didn't like about the way he approached that game that night. And he will be better going forward. I fully expect Jay Woodcroft to recognize what the mistakes are. He's the smartest coach the Oilers have had, and maybe since Craig McTavish. Like I fully expect him to know what's going on going forward, and I expect him to make those changes. And I think we started to see that tonight. I, Eleven and seven. I like the idea. I like the motivation. I don't think with the current makeup of the D it's going to work. You might just have to bite the bullet and maybe like you said, down the line, make a trade for someone. I don't know how they'll do that, but whatever. Um, yeah. It, it, it's just a, t- it's just a tough thing to, it's just a tough thing right now. No one knows what direction they're going and, and I'm hoping that Jay Woodcroft can, you know, get his, get his way out of it.
1: Absolutely. We're coming up to the end of the show. Uh, Zach, one thing to talk about. Do you want to go first or shall I?
0: Oh, uh, well here, I was just going to say, I, I can, I can go first for sure. My thing is just going into the next game, um, talking about the starters, right? Like, I, I would go back to Campbell. Even if Skinner pitched a shutout this game, I would have gone back to Campbell. I think I said the last game, you don't want to start, you know, messing with his head, messing with his confidence, make Jack Campbell, because Jack Campbell can get very introspective and can't get on himself. And, you know, a lot of his issues can be mental. We don't want to start that. We go back to Campbell that next game i would go 11 and 6 i'd call up broberg i personally would scratch ryan murray i'm not a fan of his game i think he's way too all over the place i don't think he's what the oilers need not like i think we got to give that shot to philip broberg like i would just wave murray call up broberg and call that a done deal um but the, what i was gonna say is we, we do need to be careful because next um the next couple games it's carolina we have a- st louis m- pittsburgh
1: a real murderer's row coming up here into Edmonton. Uh, I'll take things with? into a. I'll take things into a little bit of a lighter dimension. Mm-hmm. Buffalo has my favorite player names out of any team in the NHL. JJ Paterka, uh, <laughs> JJ Paterka, Middlestat, mm-hmm. uh, Vinny Hinestroza, uh, Zemgus Girgensons, and you know what. I'm, it's a shame he's not in the NHL yet, but I can't wait to be saying Luken every night. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, you're totally right. They're such a fun team, and I do like Peyton Krebs. Uh, he's one of the best. He's, he's one of my favorite players to watch. Jack Quinn. He's scratched tonight, but he's gonna be good. They have a Carter Savoy. Not Carter Savoy. Sorry, Matthew Savoy. Carter Savoy's that's in the Oilers system. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, they they're they're a fun team to watch. But man, I can't. I don't watch anyone like the Oilers. And tonight, I can't lie. I'm going to bed pretty disappointed. Hopefully, against Carolina, which, er, yeah, Carolina, uh, they come out better. And I'm really nervous going into that game. But I, I do have faith in Woodcroft. I do have faith in Campbell. And I do have faith in the most importantly Connor McDavid. So going forward um i think I, th- I think we should be fine but i'll i'll be the first one ringing the alarm bell after the Pittsburgh game to see what happens but i'm glad you brought Have the faith. show i'm glad you brought the show here we got three minutes left in the zoom call so i think it's time to bring the bring uh, it's time to bring the show to the to, to the end all right dennis uh where can they find you
1: at dennis lee y-e-g on twitter yeah and and you, zach where can they find you you'll find
0: me at zwheel 97 on twitter um, yeah, me and Dennis will be back here hosting, I think, for one of the last times together this season, which is kind of sad next game. Uh I'm looking forward to it and I can't wait to be back there next game. Hopefully breaking down finally a win.
1: Um Yeah, but... for the Oilers. All right. Well, next game is Thursday, the 20th at seven o'clock against Carolina. We'll be the, we'll be right back after that show. Uh We'll be right back after that game around uh, nine thirty. 30. Uh, this has been fun, Zach. Thank you so much for coming on and be sure to like subscribe to the channel so you don't miss another broadcast. And if you like to hear it, but don't want to look at our faces, check us out on Spotify.
0: Absolutely. Have a good night, Dennis. Have a good night chat. And we will be back here, uh, breaking down an Oilers victory on Thursday. I am absolutely positive. Uh, yeah. Have a good night.